They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Baby, come back. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave. Hello, Jody Raceville. Hello, bad boy running do batters. How you doing? Oh, hello, David Hellard. Hello, one and all. Are we are we in 2023 now? Oh, I think we're this is probably the Friday before New Year's Eve. Friday before New Year's Eve. Yeah, now. the final one. Depending on what we do for Christmas, because actually we might push it back and not do a do badder. When we just do a Christmas special from Brewdog, where we got drunk yes. and um, yes. you know, you know the sort, you know yeah, the sort, yeah, you know how it works. But to warn you, do better. Is we we're missing a guest right now, so there's a chance they're going to pop in halfway through this, and this may never make it to the air, or it might be half an episode. But we thought we'd do a, a bad stuff just in case they they don't actually appear. We should um, do an episode where we just slate the person without saying their name. And then what do but us have to do is guess who we're talking about. This one, I think American guests would know it a lot more than UK because. So it's basically, sl- David says you don't know. You just don't know. You're, you have, your running knowledge is poor. You, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah, parochial. Yeah. You, you call yourself fans of ultra running. You parochial fuckers. You just haven't done your homework that's what you're saying is that but talking about knowledge so exclusive and it's nothing's been signed and it probably won't be signed because i'm not but um i'm probably gonna be doing the pub quiz at love trails next year Add a couple of drinks with Theo. So was that the big news? You're going to... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I, thought, I thought, you know, something akin to, you know, London Marathon taking over Brighton Marathon, uh, <laughs> you know, Barclays or, or something like that. That's the big news of running. Wow. Well, I tell you what, tw- you know, if this is 2023 and that's the first big news of 2023, <laughs> well, that looks like, you know, there's going to be more to come. Wow. <laughs> Well, okay. we're gonna, what does we, that mean? You're going to do the pub quiz. So, what does that um, mean? And it that that sounds probably more more tame than it prob- that it will be. So I spoke to Theo last night, and he's pretty much on board with a absolute mayhem style pub quiz with challenges, drinking competitions. I've, there's I used to go to this thing called Underground Rebel Bingo, that was incredible. Where it would Where move around. That? Go on. What part of London was that? Come on. That sounds. I mean, it was towards the east. Always, of course, of course. It, of course. it sounds actually, like it was towards the east. This was long enough ago that it didn't need to be east because the middle, the, the Middle East, wasn't as expensive, so they could still be around. <laughs> kind of your Moorgates or your. You could still feel like you're in London. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're still somewhere relatively. Um, that wasn't complete shit on Middle um, East. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's called That's Underground good. Underground Rever Bingo. And yeah. it was bingo, except every single round, they would have the most insane production values where you'd win incredible prizes. And the guy on stage was, it was almost like you're in the Matrix 
and he'd be bigging it up and they'd just be going crazy and they'd be dancing. And they'd so just because in bingo, what you mean, just for every number that's pulled, it just it, it's like huge fanfare around a single number being pulled. Or is it when someone gets when gets a line or, every, or whatever? Every line or every but there'd be things in between as well. Right. Okay. So so we're going to be trying to come up with the equivalent of don't forget your toothbrush slash. I was going to say Noel's house party. Maybe. Oh, wow. You're going to dress as Mr. Blobby, are you? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And, blobby, um, blobby, blobby. <laughs> but but to, to Theo wants to make it the kind of event that people are almost at the end of it like, holy crap, what the hell was that? Where um, we'll be sending people out to do challenges. We'll be, you've got to pick like a teammate to, to get to the end of the back of the tent. And when someone knows the answer, they've just got to gun it through the crowd as fast as they can to get to the stage. Or you have to send, we'll pit teams against each other to come forward to do a plank off with uh, with like a drink a on their A what? A pla- <laughs> but, and uh, with like a beer on their back and they have to commit how many points to it. And then, you know, everyone's obviously going to be cheering on the teams. And so the idea is that we'll just create this massively interactive pretty bonkers start to love trails that's that's the concept behind it so um you heard it here first you heard it here first <laughs> but, well well they they've just lost a load of ticket sales <laughs> <laughs> but uh, unrelated to that conversation i've heard <laughs> Further updates on the London running scene. Okay, is this actual news? This is this is the best kind of bad boy running news. Where I've okay. spoken to. Oh, it's in, it's in, you've read the headline, and that's it. The rest behind the paywall, <laughs> so we don't really know what the. This is all ill-informed rumor. Oh yeah, the best. <laughs> but I I I find it quite fascinating because um, it's about a couple of running crews in London. And it does actually bring into question the future of running crews. What was behind the rise of running crews in the first place? I think running crews was just the the rise of cool running, the rise of individuals, the rise of um, Instagram. And so suddenly people wanted, people didn't necessarily want to, to join a running club to um to necessarily just train for a, a marathon pb yeah. and so but people wanted alternatives to those clubs and because of instagram and maybe facebook a bit of both it it fueled that so instead of it being one person would invite 10 friends round or five mates round and they go for a local jog or the local sweatshop would do a running club and you go and join them Actually, suddenly people could start a movement, a mini movement, running movement, and that became the a running a running tribe. Yeah. So, first one in London, I'd say, was probably Run Dem Crew's first big one yeah. that I can think of. And then you've got, I mean, London City Runners. You've got Midnight um, runners. runners. I mean, there's there's hundreds of them. There's London Trail Runners. There's you know, Black Trail Runners. There's Emancipation Crew. There's there's probably more than anyone knows because it could be just just two people that turn up um but that was 
that's been happening for a number of years. And now we're almost at the stage where there's the teething problems because what we know about running clubs is they are under England athletics typically, which means yeah. they have to have, they have to be voted for all money has to be spent within. They have to have um, structural roles that follow certain procedures. And that means I'll that... sum it up a load of bullshit. That's what you mean. Yes and no. Yes and no. But then actually this is like that, that governance is, is where the issues are now coming in because right. a lot of running clubs have been going for years and probably driven by a really passionate founder or yeah. a passionate coach, passionate club captain, yeah. chairman. Never been about money. Never been about money. I mean, that's the thing yeah. about running clubs, isn't it? It's never, never driven by commercial things. Whereas I take it that this is where. And it could be driven by, is. it could be driven by like desire to win. Um, yep. is one of the things or to community or, but I, th- I think now the, the running crews are more driven by cachet. It's that, you know, you're, I mean, and cachet runners, or cash, eh? Cash, hey, cash, <laughs> I like it. I like it. And so the, when, when there are arguments at running clubs and yeah. there always are, because when there are people and people care about something, inevitably there are conflicts. Yeah. Um, then you've got the governments in place and people get voted out. There are fallouts. You you see, for example, City Hash exists because there was an argument within London Hash and City Hash is the breakaway hash. Yeah. And most runners from City Hash don't know that because now City Hash are bigger, the younger kind of more energetic hash. But actually to start with, from my understanding, they were the dickheads who left London Hash. Right. And so within an older generation, people didn't like to let the hash because of, of what it signified. Right. But um, these run crews now are getting to the point where suddenly the people that founded them are significantly older. And what happens when you get older? You, you have kids, you get busy, you leave town. Yeah. And so... <laughs> leave town. You leave... Uh, but you move well that's further. true though isn't it i suppose i mean like the thing is if you ground something in london it's perfectly true that you know when you have a family and stuff like that people move out and um yeah yeah and even if you don't leave london you, you probably go from being in a, a shared three bedroom four yeah. five bedroom house to a flat in a bit more green area um, your social footprint massively reduces as well whereas you know you're prepared to check to travel all over london for stuff you probably then end up yeah you know, not even going more than a couple of miles from where you live when you've got the kids and, and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. It, and yeah. you almost make your friends in at uni, school, uni, 20s, early 30s, and then you the friendship group gets smaller <laughs> you and smaller. You don't make any friends at yeah, that point. Pretty and much. the ones you do are other parents who you have nothing in common with apart from <laughs> the fact that they, you're, you just happen to have They've to, got conceive your ch- to conceive your children at the same time. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... um. So um, what then happens to these crews? So London City Runners, so London, we know London City Runners had a fallout with um, the club and the, the social side. Tim's spoken about it on the podcast in the past. Yep. Um, and there's still a divide there. But um, Midnight Runners had a big falling out in oh, London. Did they? And it almost caused the, and this is where rumor you know word of mouth almost caused allegedly the allegedly allegedly cause oh, they, def- they, they definitely had a falling out but they almost caused the collapse of them globally 
Because, oh, really? Yeah, because the leadership, um, and we've spoken to Jodie Bragger in the past, who was one of the people who, who set it up. Yep. And, um, but then there was, there were other co-founders who weren't, who were no longer involved in London City Runners on a day-to-day basis, or you're really involved in City Runners on a day-to-day basis. And so... Midnight Runners. Sorry, sorry, God, we're not talking about Midnight Runners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, apologies, apologies. So yeah, Midnight Runners. So what then happens when you have this organizational structure, which is sponsored by Adidas, that um, sponsorship was elapsing. So there needs to be new funding for the structure so where does the funding come from comes from they don't find a new sponsor it's going to have to come from the members yeah and so there were fundamental changes in the structure of those running clubs but suddenly it's it's not being proposed as a way to survive by someone within your club it's almost seen as being thrust upon you by someone who no longer really is involved in the community but is yeah is I don't know whether they're making money from that or whether it's just a you know a bad commu- bad communication, but um, there's resentment. The, there's resentment, yeah, and there's a yeah. fallout. And and from what I gather, what happened in London was the the team captains and the structure of um, city that's uh, midnight runners is that they have team captains who are um, they organise the sessions. They're the they're the people everyone looks up to really uh, either socially or athletically or in, in trading wise knowledge base and so they had a bit of a falling out so they said right we're leaving and they took a huge amount of the group with them right and are renamed now the trouble is what that that's pretty devastating for some people because that's your identity that's your friendship group you've You've made friends there. You might have had kids with someone there. You might have got married because of it. You've been to weddings of people who are midnight runners. Yeah. And some people might want to remain. And actually, it's almost like if your football team moves. Yeah. It's, it's, but but you're properly involved as opposed to watching someone else. Um, yeah. It's like yeah, Wimbledon and MK Dons. Like, do you do you follow yeah. them or do you stay? It is and because by by not moving, you're making a choice. By yeah. moving, you're making a choice. You're being forced to pick sides almost when you don't want to because you just wanted yeah. the status quo. It's awful. Yeah, yeah. And and for a lot of a lot of people, these communities are their main community, their main friendship group, their 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 main love, their main passion in life. So it's pretty brutal. Um, and that then had repercussions where from what i understood there were then conversations with other leaders globally and london is the flagship the very first one mm. um it's quite a connected community and domino's topple right oh it's like is it like the fall of rome when rome yeah. was sacked the it, all the other parts of the empire started to revolt is that what, is if that you what look happened? at the arab, arab spring arab yeah. spring exactly the same as soon as people realized that you could you didn't have to just listen to the suppressive family that happened to be owning all the oil. Things changed, and um, and so it it looked from what I from what from what I was told that that the whole empire could crumble. That's the bit that obviously complete conjecture because I didn't speak to anyone else outside of London. <laughs> 
but I could but really it makes sit... sense. That's made, but it makes sense that that's what could happen. That's yeah. what happened. That's kind of what happened with CrossFit when CrossFit went kind of. Um, the uh, the guy in charge of CrossFit started making uh, like comments about Black Lives Matter. All of a sudden, all these communities just went, "Why are we still under like the CrossFit? We can just do our own thing." Like it's almost as though we just all of a sudden they just kind of went, "Oh yeah, we could just we've got a community here. We we can do our thing." And, and British Military Fitness had the same yeah. conflict when it, it moved to be Military Fit, no longer over Harry, but Bear Grylls is. Kind of company took it over, and a lot of the, a lot of the trainers just set up on their own. So, meet yeah. uh, Miller and, and Pete's and and coach their their BMF class. I think switched and just went solo, and they were like, "Well, this is the only class we do. Everyone here are the people we know. So, yeah, you were with this guy. Obviously, we're not. We, we've got no no yeah, longer. We don't have any... no. We're no brand loyalty. The loyalty is to the individual. It's to people. Know. Yes, people. Absolutely, it's always the people, isn't it? Absolutely. But so, but then apparently, um, Midnight Runners have now got a new sponsor, and because of that, and a an awareness oh, flash in the cash. They go, oh, we got cash to spend, but also not awareness of. And this is the bit where I need to be more careful about how I word it. Awareness of the cause of the conflict it seems as if one of the partners has stepped aside to allow for a, a reintegration and so now it's it's all happy families again oh i see but it just it's i thought it was a really good example of and who knows what will happen with bad boy running club when we die <laughs> or, or or these are all these other crews which are formed around people who you know who who really owns a crew and and there is no governance that necessarily determines that in the same way or it could yeah, be yeah you're right it, i mean that's the thing isn't it i suppose with the with england athletics thing you it, it separates the entity it's yeah. you know, i suppose it's like a company you know, yeah, it, it's like a company. A company can survive without the person that founded it, without the person that owns it, without you know, because it, because it, it's an entity in itself. And I suppose if you have that enshrined mm. um, in the way that England Athletics do, then it allows it not just to survive, but you know, through changes mm. and everything else, it gives it a structure to overcome these kind of arguments, discussions, and everything. Um, yeah and it puts something in place that makes it a little bit harder to just kind of split in the same way because mm. you know mm. you, you don't get access to funds you know and, and everything else you've got to go through the process of registering with EA again which should put on <laughs> anyone who wants to who wants to start a running club so yeah I can totally see it um that's interesting that's interesting uh, and then uh, I've also had um running crew so Charlie Dark I, I don't know why I've not got him on yet I, we should get him on he's he's a great guy um, he's fascinating, um, really inspirational individual. He set up running crew. From other conversation, conversation I've had, I've heard that um, Charlie almost reached a point where he was he was such the face of running crew. It was almost overwhelming. Yeah, because ten years or or it could be, could have been longer of of almost giving. And I know Danny with with um, Project Awesome was the same. Like you. You, you just can't keep giving f- forever yeah. for the, you know, the, at some point it gets stale at some point it doesn't seem right. And so over lockdown run crew really reduced down massively. 
because of the the the, the lack of ability for people to travel. Yeah. And my understanding is that it's it's now almost stripped away all the shells of those extra layers of people and days and different sessions. And Charlie's almost come back as this smaller Rundem crew, which is more of the core values that it used to have, but also yeah. doesn't want to, just wants to stay small. Like yeah. it's, it's quite happy with that. That's the thing they started is what they want to get back which I thought yeah. was also quite interesting. So um, I, I wonder if this is happening globally. Are we, you know, places in New York seeing similar things or the big running hubs, Berlin, you know, d- does anyone know if, if there are other stories like this? Because you'd imagine in the future, this will inevitably happen because people run collectively more frequently in crews when they're young and people don't stay young. So there's the conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always wondered what would happen if um, <clears throat> if um, BBR uh, was going to split in that way. I like the idea of them splitting in that way. I like it's the quite, idea. It's quite I've a got, do better thing I've, to do, isn't I've it? Got, I would, I, I'm disappointed that people haven't actually. I'm disappointed that people haven't kind of split off and 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 come up with their own kind of version of it. And I always think of the a good boy running. I always think good boy running. Uh, is that for, for uh, dog owners? Um, <laughs> um, that's, quite, the, that's quite good. Good name actually. It is, isn't it? When they go running, um, Julius, why have you not? Why have you not taken that name, Ali? Why have you not taken that name for when you go running with dogs? <laughs> good boy running. That's brilliant. <laughs> Who's a good boy running? Uh, the um, yeah, I always think I always think of the Warriors, and you know, like the film. Have you seen the film yeah. The Warriors? Yeah, yeah of yeah. course. But I, have. I always think like that. You know, all those kind of like weird, fucked up, you know, uh, like different crews and stuff yeah. that they have to like navigate through. And I thought, you know, if I'd love there to be kind of like, you know, what happens if uh, the do badders kind of split and there were all these like regional variations or these variations, like you have like goth do badders or, you know, um, like do badders in different parts of London or, you know, West country do badders. Like what would they, you know, what would they look like? What would they dress like? I just like, I just, like, I had this idea that somehow if it did all split up, then everything would have like, it have a sheen of do battery around it and you'd expect it to be kind of rebellious and everything but also just a little bit kind of shit and parochial as well like some element of that in it as well i'd just be interested to see how that would play out are you thinking <laughs> of are you thinking of, of of splitting from from bbr and setting up your own crew this, this, what 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 you, would this you call me? yourselves <laughs> yeah, exactly i know i know well like you know you, you were saying there about charlie was like oh you know he hit it hit 10 years and it was just like yeah don't want to do it anymore you know couldn't do it couldn't be the face of it anymore we are approaching eight years, of course. And it's what interesting because is... we we inter- interviewed Martin on Friday. Yeah. And actually, I really liked it, that interview. I thought it was great. Um, and that was that was almost... A vision of our future. Well, there was an well, apart element... From the, apart from the 12 million downloads. <laughs> apart from all the success. <laughs> apart from all the success, yeah. But some of the questions I was asking for the, the listener, some of because I thought they'd be interested, some of them... I was asking because I was genuinely interested around, you know, the the end, the transition. And, and and I think you just do get busy as you get older as well. You take on more responsibilities and um, time pressure and, and various things. But uh, now, have you seen, I can't remember the name of the documentary series, but I've been hearing other rumours as well. The new Marathon de Sabs um, documentary. 
No, I've not. What was was what's that one? Where? So it's been on Netflix for a while, but I've never watched it because I saw the trailer and I thought this looks this looks absolutely donkey. Looks like a, a, a bad version of Losers, but it's an Idris Alba documentary to do with different sports. Oh right, okay. I'm going to have to Google what it's called because um, I was aware of it a while back. But um, human playground, human playground. So the first one, the first episode, and this is this is more rumor, which um, which I love, and I think this is drunken rumor because I think I remember who told me. I think they told me. I think they told me at the Brewdog um, session. So uh, she knows who she is, and I think the do bad as he listens to the podcast will probably figure out who it is as well. But um, so first episode is following a um, a runner with only one leg. And it's about, will she be able to finish the MDS? Right. That's the narrative for the whole documentary. I would tell you what, she is... I didn't think it would happen, but she's got one up on Anya. She's got a documentary? Or has Anya got, has, well, has got no legs? Well, Anya did it with TB. True, true. But Missing a limb. Is that harder? I think, I think it's harder if you're missing a limb if you start with two limbs. <laughs> yeah, <I suppose> <laughs> <laughs> but I'd argue that if you if you knew you were going in with one limb, TV is yeah. probably harder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's how. But um, this is this is this this is the story as I've heard. And yeah. do better, please correct me if you've heard otherwise. The documentary is about will she finish it? She doesn't finish it. Now. There's issues behind... Is that a spoiler? Have you just given a spoiler? I've not seen it yet, so I don't know if that's true. Could be wrong. Could be a spoiler. The beauty of it, though, is that because it's a wanky documentary series... Yeah. She's actually run it before and finished it. Oh. Yeah. So the real story is she's going back to do the MDS again. Right. But this time she's managed to get a documentary series. I don't know who which was first. She went to them or they went to her. So she's not allowed to say that it's her second attempt and that she's done it before. So they're filming it as if like, oh, this is my first attempt. But then as soon as she fails, she obviously wants everyone to know, I've done it before. Like, I can finish this. Oh, I'm right, not, okay. I'm not, I'm not rubbish, but... Obviously, they don't want her to say that because it undermines the whole documentary. And so now there's this whole conflict where you, you've been lying or you've been not lying, I mean lying, I guess white lying or long, but now your ego is crushed. Taken over, yeah, that's by, it. By yeah. being seen as a, someone who's been unsuccessful in the documentary when you've only got into it thinking, especially I think once you've done the MDS once, you almost think second time, oh, a piece of cake. And there's a yeah. chance you undercook it because you forget how how hard you actually trained to make it manageable the first time. Yeah. Um, so I just love I just love that when people. It reminds me of um, Shirley Ghostman, where Shirley Ghostman's a, a fake psychic 
interviewing a skeptic who's then going, he's like, oh, oh, so we've never met before, have we? No, we haven't met before. Oh, um, I know stuff about you, your name, your, you have a, a cat, uh, a cat, don't you? Uh, yes, I do have a cat. The, the cat's, the, the, the cat's called Jasper. No, no, not my cat's not called Jasper. My cat's called, called um, Rosie. And then something happens. They're like, oh, we've got to start again. We've got to start again. Sorry. Oh, we've never met before, have we? No. <laughs> You've got a cat called Rosie. Yeah, but I just told her, no, we've never met before, though, have we? And, um, kind of reminds me about that along those lines where you get trapped in the narrative that you're wanting to tell and then suddenly it works against you. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, no, that's good. That's good. I love that. Just like, right to the, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but I've done it before. Like, <laughs> Right, it's like a lit, yeah, 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 I know, but yeah, because that can never, that can never benefit you. No, that can no. never benefit you, can it, it? It absolutely makes you look worse. But um, the the context in which I was told these stories were that actually it was quite frustrating for the others involved because suddenly, and I, I heard I've heard exactly the same thing with some friends who went to the Afghanistan marathon, and there was someone filming there. That when you've got a film crew filming someone, they almost have no respect that other people are there yeah to race and have paid money and actually are, are equally important in this race as the person you're filming yeah but i i don't think that ever happens when film crews are involved because suddenly it's the will of like seven people gets the will of one yeah yeah but, no exactly but do better did anyone know that is and is what i truth said that's what I've said true, or have I just made that? <laughs> I like that you're putting it out. I've made, I've made a load of comments, not entirely sure whether they're true. Do you think they're true? That's like an Elon Musk style poll, isn't it? <laughs> does that surprise you? Does that, does that, if you've watched it, does that ring true? Um, also, I've, um, I want to, talking about BMF, be more fit, um, I want to plug a friend's company, if that's all right. Depends who, depends who your friend is. You met Bonnie. I think you have. Yeah, sometime. Yeah, yeah. Bonnie. Yeah, lovely Bonnie. So Bonnie was the um, head of marketing for British British Fitness. Great friend through the obstacle racing and uh, support of the podcast in that respect. And um, she's actually started a new company. I thought people would like it um, because I tried it and I thought it was really good. She's got a a new drink called Zag, and the idea behind it is and we i'm just to just to clarify we don't make any kickback from this there's no there's no commercial interest we don't make kickback for anything <laughs> we don't we don't <laughs> i'm doing it purely because she's a buddy and i genuinely thought do you guys like it so well what um, is it what is it go on explain so the the concept behind it was at the moment when you if you want to go drinking and you don't want an alcoholic drink then you can get non-alcoholic beers. Yeah. But if you're not a beer drinker, your alternatives are really very heavy calorie or very fruit-based drinks. And realistically, you can't drink that many of them. But even if you wanted to drink that many of them, you probably wouldn't want to because you're just piling on a huge amount of sugar. Yeah. So she's come up with a really nice drink called Zag, Z-A-G. I've not asked for the concept behind it. I assume it's like zigzag is like a, an alternative uh, route. And it's, um, 
I've tried one flavor of it, which was very different to what I was expecting, but really nice. It was um, kind of kombucha with mint and what are the other flavors? I'm trying to remember now. Um, but actually, it was re- green tea, lemon, lime, mint. And um, it was only about, I think it was 40 calories for the whole bottle. So it's, it's just a really nice thing to have if you're not wanting to drink too much. So you can use the coupon code. Where has it gone now? BBR15. BBR15 on checkout and get 15% off. So go to Zag, Z-A-G, and type in BBR15 for 15% off. I've uh, I've got myself a, a crate of them. And um, yeah, they're really good post-run, actually, because they, they taste quite light and still tasty um, for when you're just thirsty, but you don't want to. You want something quite nice. So yeah, I thought I'd throw that in there. As, oh, uh, nice, nice. But do better. Has anyone else got something they want us to promote? Because if you're a do better, then we'll do it. Because uh... do you need a job? If you need a job, <laughs> people are going to be struggling next year. You know, give give it send us your CV. We'll uh, we'll push you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did you see? There's a few a few updates, quick updates we can do. Um, firstly, Bob Graham round winter run broken. What? Who broke what? Legs? God, can you, what? What? Like, this is something I know James James Apperton was always eyeing up yeah. as something yeah. he wanted to do. This is almost at CFTB levels of um, bad timing. So it was unsupported winter Bob Graham rounds, wow. and it was broken by Paul Wilson. Fastest time of twenty two hours fifty four minutes. I mean that that makes you think. Because that's what ten hours down on the the actual record. God, it's got to make a big difference, right? Yeah. But um, then, within twenty four hours, running in the opposite direction, James Gibson ran twenty one twelve. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if they knew the other guy was doing it. What? Unsupported. Yeah. And actually, you know, that is a big clarification. Unsupported. Killians and Jacks. So if you if you've not listened to, is it is it Jack or Jake? It's embarrassing. Jake. Jake. Yeah. Yeah. Jake. Jake. We interviewed Jake about five weeks ago about smashing Killian's record, um, but that those were all supported. They had teams of runners. These were um, individual. But yeah, that is that's going to be pretty brutal, right? You finish it, you get the record. It's Jack. It's Jack. Yeah. <laughs> It's gone. Yeah. Well, so congratulations, firstly, um, Paul. We would have interviewed you, but no, we would have interviewed James now. <laughs> yeah, the invite was about to go out. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> An hour later. And actually, I'm, I'm not too fussed about interviewing people at Bob Graham anymore, but I think a winter one would be quite interesting. I think, because, yeah, you're like, what is the difference? What is the difference doing mm. it in winter? Like, is it just a case of it being treacherous? I mean, uh, it's just really hard to... Mm. I mean, it's, it's difficult to imagine Bob Graham, if, uh, a normal person, but you can get out, you know, running on the fells, you know, uh, on rounds and stuff like that. You can get kind of a feeling for it. Doing it in the winter, though. And unsupported. And unsupported, though. That is a, you know, like, what what is the difference in the challenge there? Is it purely physical or is it more, I mean, fucking hell, it sounds awful. Actually, we've got we've got one space left at the run show. I'm going to invite them down. 
That'd be good. That'd be good talk, wouldn't it? What Bob Graham? Bob Graham would be good if they both come and they all, <laughs> and they all they start well. <laughs> first guy walks on stage and then we clap on. Whoever the other gets guy first just... on stage gets to stay. <laughs> the other one just gets you know disinvited. So you know you've got to get there first. <laughs> but what I would love is they both got. But then talked up how difficult it was from their perspective. Like they say, oh yeah. Obviously, you know, the route that I take is the hardest, the down, yeah, the up route, and, the hardest route. And then the other one's yeah. like, no, 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 no. There's a reason you did it, you know, an hour quicker. Because... And did the second runner know the time? Did, you, did they get an update to say, this is the new time to be? Yeah. Now, some more news. Um, Seb Co has confirmed that yeah. they plan to have a new World Athletic event in oh. 2026, which is quite interesting, actually, quite a big change for global athletics so you've got the world cha- you've got the olympics yeah you, you then have the world championships every other year so that's yep. three out of four years so he's suggesting on the fourth year which is the same as the euro and the commonwealth um champs that they have another global championship of sorts i don't know what we called but the idea is that um it just allows athletes to have more earning opportunities Right, which which does does seem and to make sense. What would that do? Would that mean that people would have to make a decision about competing in the Euros against this other thing, or would they still be able to do both? Or no, what would the? I think because it's, I, I think they they they're clever enough to coordinate it. I'm sure. Maybe the Commonwealths potentially, but um, yeah, I'm I'm sure even in, even within that because it's such a long summer that. You can have three races. That wouldn't make it. That months. wouldn't be a problem for 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 a top athlete. That that much competition over over a few months. No, I wouldn't say so. I mean, if they're doing marathon champs at them, potentially yes, yeah. um, and, and that could be a factor. And but but then again, you're you're probably not going to have someone who's competing at high level or three. Realistically, if you look at the European champs. Marathon, for example, uh, Ninkes came second. Um, she's not European. She's not. Um, she, she, she would compete in the World Champs, but she probably wouldn't be podiuming there. Um, and and you're there's there's not that the Kenyans would do well in the Commonwealth, but wouldn't be in Europeans. So it, it's only really British runners who potentially would be in all three, because there's no other Commonwealth countries in Europe. So, unless yet, you're yet, yet that's true, that's true. Now that the new king, people be like eyeing it up, thinking, "Oh, I'll, I'll have a bit of that." Um, yeah, so I, I thought that was quite interesting, and actually, I think quite sensible because, as you know, as we know from speaking to Francesco Pupi, when um, when they kept on shifting the World Trail Champs, it was a real an issue for some mm. athletes because that's their opportunity to to get bonuses from sponsors to get new sponsors but also to to compete and win prize money and to to grow their following you know these are these are opportunities where it's it's there's numerous untold ways that it benefits athletes who do well so yeah. um i think that's quite good well, if that's you know, if that if that's helping them increase earnings, I suppose you know it's good for sponsors as well. If sponsors like it, athletes can earn more. 
Yeah. yeah. Now, do you want an update on um, Kenyan doping? It's funny that you um, connected those two things. <laughs> and this is just a short one, actually. Just an article I saw that it had something quite interesting in it, just the amount spent. So um, three new people have been done for doping in Kenya. One was a sprinter, one was a marathon runner. Interestingly, different drugs, one for steroids, one for EPO. Um, it was the Porto Marathon winner. But the I've only just found out, it, it was in this article, it says that so last month that Kenya avoided a sanction by governing body despite having 55 athletes currently serving suspensions <laughs> after, after committing, how much do you think they'd have to commit over the next five years to combat doping? How much they have to commit? What money wise? Yeah. Yeah. As a, as a, a body, as a country. Um, I don't know. 10 million a year. It's, it's $25 million, which is, it's a considerable that is yeah not in substantial amount to have to yeah i mean five million dollars for a a poor country granted the prize money that their athletes win is a lot but that doesn't necessarily always filter they're not going to get back that back in income tax are they yeah 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 um so that i thought that was quite interesting that that is seen as as being the amount needed and um, that's going to be fascinating to see whether that does indeed stamp it out. But also the Kenyan sports minister has, um, has announced that they intend to criminalise doping in athletics. Oh, okay. So, um, but that really shows that this is, is, is quite, I think, quite a good result. I mean, it shows that they, they're starting to get teeth and they're starting to use them. Yeah, because and this was um, that that's quite a turnaround. Where it's mean, a massive it's a massive uh, contrast, isn't it, with what happens when other other nations um, you know are found you know doping or or they have this you know that they you know recognise that actually they have a reputation for it. Kenya you know you know Kenya yeah. really does have its rep- reputation tied on on a specific um you know um sport a specific mm. thing and so you know the the sullying of that through doping is a massive thing it's a massive thing in terms of what that what it means to the country in terms of you know for morale for um image for for everything else and so you know it, it shows that it's important to them so that's you know it, and it's that you know like you said it's decisive yeah, absolutely. And and hopefully if if it is shown that legal like so criminalizing and those kind of incentives massively change what happens in Kenya, then it might be we see this happening a lot more, a lot earlier in countries like Ethiopia, you know, your Russia's, um, China. Russia. Yeah. There's I mean, there's a lot of it's criminalized if you don't, isn't it? I mean, you're more likely to get prosecuted if you if you if you refuse it. That's the that's the issue de facto. Yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, that is that is the issue, right? Um, or their lords. But it's by starting to put down those markers, you then can start to actually then say to countries and use examples and say you're not enforcing this, you're out. 
Yeah, um, and also, and also, you know, it's the, it's recognizing that it is like, you know, performance enhancing drugs is like, um, you know, drugs on the street in the sense that you know, there's people who are the users who are often the victims of this, mm, but it's the people yeah. who are, you know, who are in charge of administering it, who are, um, you know, uh, supplying it, who are, you know, they're, they're the ones that tend to be guilty. Um, yeah, and, and in so, systematic. And actually, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The systematic element is because, you know, that's, that's gone on without, um, uh, without visibility. And so, yeah, by, by criminalizing it. Yeah. It's you're protecting the athletes. Yeah, it's not exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're not. You're not necessarily punishing the athletes, although you have that ability. But you are allowing that to people to be an accessory to a crime, which is which is the issue, which is the thing that that's really causing it. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, this is a really, really positive move. Now, um, have you seen the run, roundabout runner? It's been out for a while. No, the roundabout runner. What is the, that? So it's um. I didn't talk about it the first time, but there's a guy called Tate Dobson who has been running round a roundabout. And Where? <laughs> that is a good question. It's got to be, you'd imagine somewhere like Milton Keynes. I love it with Swindon. Swindon is the, the place. <laughs> oh, yeah, isn't it? Swindon, Swindon, I was thinking of. The place, the magic roundabout, isn't it? Yeah. In fact, Milton Keynes is a place with no roundabouts, isn't it? It's more, it's all grid. It's, uh, yeah. I think because of the roundabout, I think it wasn't. Wasn't Swindon twinned with Disney World for a point <laughs> period of time? I'm sure it was because it needed something to uh, needed something to yeah, escape. So um, he has uh, his run. His first run was 38 miles around a roundabout, 140 meter loop, 437 times. Yeah. What? Is, yeah. Imagine that. And he's gone out and he's done it in the opposite direction now. Oh, wow. I bet you got really good perspective on that as well. So, so his hip didn't crack or something. Why do people want to... Oh, I mean, like doing lap things is awful as it is, but doing it on a roundabout. But, I mean, let's assume that he had no followers. And he said he... Because um, he filled a table in the middle. He put himself in aid station with fruit gummies and water and he just did it now his let's see what his instagram followings like now because it said his instagram following has grown massively so this is interesting how many followers do you think that gets you up to <laughs> it's gonna be i don't know um that's difficult um ten thousand so I've only clicked on it now. So this is an article from Canadian Running Magazine. It's like, and it said uh, he's gained quite the following on his Strava. <laughs> quite the following. Um, he's got 198 followers. So um, I'm not belittling anyone with, with low oh, followership. After, after. T- total. So total. Oh, I thought you meant that was the before number. I thought it'd go, oh, it's 198 yeah. and now it's. So I'd suggest that's a bit misleading by the article because I wasn't, but I was expecting it to be significantly more. And I feel it deserves more than that. I'm going to give them a follow. Tate, you're up to 199. You could be the 200th. Tate Dobson, do balance. Give them a follow if you um, you want to watch someone run round roundabouts. Um, But is there a roundabout near you, JD? You could do, let's be realistic, a one mile round the roundabout? 
one more around the roundabout. There are a couple of roundabouts, but they are really, really busy, as you'd expect them to be. Oh, with um, runners, it's just, you wouldn't be able to get on. Uh, no, there were I just. Uh, I was just thinking about the roundabouts. There are. Why don't you link up all your roundabouts? Link up all the roundabouts. Let's have a look what that would look like. Just, just bear with me. <laughs> I have been for a run. I've been for my like first run um, Ooh. since uh, since being hurt. Pain-free? It was pain-free. I mean, I was determined to go out for it. You know when you just think, I need to go out for a run? I absolutely, I've got to a point to go out for a run. But it was when it was like still icy and snowing and everything. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do the run because, you know, the car can barely get down the drive. Um, but then it kind of thawed a little bit. And then so I drove... <sighs> I had to go and drop something off somewhere and then I saw which was an area that was relatively flat and I thought oh it doesn't look like there's any ice on there so I'll just go for like a run on that and I can just kind of run up and down it just to kind of get it and it was really icy I didn't, <laughs> didn't notice it. so it was it was running but I also I was it was kind of reticent running um uh, that um but it was good it was good <laughs> I feel I I I you know like you do like you, you start running again and it feels like you've the same as when you've run a hundred miles or something. It's yeah. just like bits hurt, you know, that you're just like, really? Is it is my body just um you know atrophied so much that it feels as though I've just done an incredibly hard workout? But in some um, ways it's nice to like that feeling of like because I, I did weights yesterday, and I mean I'd say weights, it's like practically you move the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're exhausted. Much. And yeah, and I can feel it in my legs and it's quite a nice, but it's it's interesting, you know, because the I've part of my attempt to try and come back. And I'm still I'm still hoping to do a London. Um that's the aim. I've spoken with my physio. We're building to it. Um but he gave me two exercises to test. One of them is just a simple squat with a weight on my chest. The right. other one is a a single leg squat, so a split squat. Oh yeah, with half half the weight of the the normal squat. Now, I did a session of three times twelve of those. Yeah, and I, my injury was absolutely screaming at me, which which was good in some ways because it suggested there really was a weakness there if I couldn't even do that. Now, how uh, what weights do you reckon I was doing? Ten kilos, six kilograms, six fucking. Oh it is, you know, there is. If you're doing body weight the right way, you know, you don't need any um, weight. You know, if you're doing, if you, if you, you know, do it with the right form and you lower yourself down slowly enough and hold it, and you know, that you can, it can feel, it can feel, you can make it as difficult as you want. You know, even without the weight so you know it's not just it's not just about the weight that you're holding it's, it's all about your form and everything else but it, it just reminded me how how useless as runners we often are at other core strength at stability at standing on one leg all this stuff and actually it, it really doesn't take much to become a massively better runner just by doing some simple as exercises with a six kilogram weight so um it's, it's interesting isn't it because the thing there's always this narrative around um 
things like I remember was it Linford Christie? Like Linford Christie couldn't touch his toes mm. or something, and people just go, "Well, Linford Christie can't touch his toes," so it shows you you don't need to be, you know, you know, flexibility doesn't really mean anything. And you're like, well, you know, he, he fucking trains like you know like five hours a day, and he's in the peak. <laughs> yeah. good. I mean, he's you know he. Uh, his flexibility may not be kind of super important to him because he, you know he he is training for something very specific and yeah you know, and, and you know and also you know that was like back in the eighties and everything, um, but that doesn't mean that that doesn't apply to you. You're not Linford fucking Christie. And yeah, so yeah, you are, yeah, yeah. So it's it's once you can do everything else he does. Yeah, exactly. Then then then, then you can turn around and go, oh well, Linford Christie doesn't have to do it. It's like. Um, and I think, and I think that's 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 true of a lot of things, isn't it? Into you know, the, you you see um, other athletes, and because how many athletes do do does anyone ever go? Well, so and so is super flexible. It's just not something that's you know they don't go. Oh, you know, because all those runners we see, mm. all the athletes, um, ultra runners, things like that. How many has ever gone? Oh, you know, so and so is really flexible. Like as though it's a trait that's that, that that's something to to look up to. Mm. It's not. It it never is. It never has been. Um, or they've got really good mobility. Like just it, we just it's just not valued. It's something like we kind of. It's like it's like getting a, a boiler replaced. It's something that we <laughs> we don't want to do. But when things break down, we've got to do it. That's yeah. that's how it's seen as. And it should yeah. you know and it and it and it shouldn't be. You go. Well, I didn't used to have to do it. Yeah, because you're getting old. Or you, you know, your 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 lifestyle means that you, you know, you can't just get up and run and you know be the supple leopard that you think you are. Or because if you keep on repeatedly strengthening some muscles and not strengthening others, eventually the the mismatch becomes too big. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things I think actually one of the things I want to do for uh, 2023, and this will be good to hear from uh, from uh, listeners as well, do batters and, and viewers, is you know who haven't we interviewed? What what things have we not yeah. spoken about? Because I think getting someone on to speak specifically about mobility, I think is really interesting. Yeah, the difference between mobility and flexibility, things problems that people have, um, and I've got I've got a good idea of uh, who to invite for that because that's I think, a great idea. I think that would be I think that'd be really good because I think people get that mixed up. Yeah. And also, you know, there are things you can, there are things you can do, um, and you know, and I think there's a whole area of of misunderstanding around it, um, which you know, if we can do anything, because you know, I've got to say, a lot of do badders, you know, knocking on a bit, probably need a bit of a bit of help, bit of support. Um, yeah, I know that we can't barely bloody talk because we're always injured. Um, but um, but yeah. You know, those those kind of things are much more are going to be much more important. Um, yeah. You know, especially with working from home and everything like people being in front of desks for longer um sat down for longer not getting as you know much thing but i think i, th- I think there's a few things but do better is, is there other stuff like that that you have heard that you think oh i've heard it on other podcasts but you've never covered it um or you know i'd be interested about you know this thing that um you know, it's, it's caused injuries or something like that um and yeah we've just not we've just not got around to cover it um you know let us know <laughs> absolutely and um and just to tease some future podcasts. So um, we're now booked up until the end of Feb, which I'm going to give myself a pat on the bat for that. Well done. But, well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, I mean, if it's uh, any, if it's anything like the, the booking tonight, then uh, we're going <laughs> to, you're going to have a shitload of bad stuff. Ooh, ooh, this is awkward. <laughs> this is awkward. Um, but in terms of the episodes we've got coming up, we've got uh, Marin Gitz, who set the 
background ultra records, sorry, backyard ultra records. We've got Martin Yelling coming up. We spoke to Jamie Ramsey, who's run from, uh, I think, Vancouver to Buenos Aires, along with hundreds of other challenges. And we're also speaking to quite a few doc- um, scientists about some, some really interesting studies. But if there's any other guests you'd like to recommend, then message me, david at babblerunning.com or message directly on Instagram and um, we'll go out and get them for you. If you could leave a review, it would really help us attract them because the more reviews we have, the better our, uh, our profile. And so what's the key word going to be for today? Um, screw the crew. Screw the crew. Screw the crew. I was going to say yeah. roundabout. Roundabout. Or roundabout. <laughs> if you could get roundabout or screw the crew into the text of the review in context, uh, we'll read it out as a celebration of your brilliance. And if um, yeah, if you want to join the conversation, head over to Facebook, um, answer three questions, and we'll let you into the group. Um, if you want us uh, to uh, promote your product, or you uh, are uh, thinking of um, dishing out a little bit of sponsorship, um, you could always come to us, uh, Jody at badboyrunning.com. I'll uh, accept a cash, check, or postal order. Absolutely. Just make sure you spell Jody right for check. <laughs> yes. I mean, like we joke about that, but that happens a lot. Well, it used to happen a lot when checks the, yeah, it's just done here. Oh, for fuck's sake. Right. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. See you later. Bye 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 And give me one more try Cause a love like this Should I never ever die Come back Fuck you buddy